from a different cloth Y'all would get ripped apart You want a diamond, then you gotta get it in the dark We dropping nuggets like Carmelo went to Rucker Park Now we eating from state to state, we scrape the plate I put my eggs in a basket, took a leap of faith I took a chance, now we grow and see the impact Decoding success with special guests, now let's bring Matt Welcome to the show, ladies and gentlemen. Episode number 201, another roundtable after a month hiatus. We are back to bring you some fire, requested topics, all of that amazing questions and all that good stuff that we received from all of you is on the way. Today we're back with our boys, Andrew Meditz. Welcome back, brother. Anna Reese's fresh off a trip from Greece and Phil Massia back in the house. If you're watching on YouTube or if you're tuned in from Apple, Spotify, iHeart, wherever you get your podcast episodes, we just want to say thank you. On top of that, while we're talking about gratitude, thank you to everyone who supported episode one up until 200. Everything that we have coming, absolutely amazing support we've received, and we just want to say thank you for that. Today, we are here to talk about a topic that we were all experiencing, and we actually all experience, everyone that's listening to this actually experiences it. Uh, collectively here, we have a group chat between the four of us, and whenever there's good or maybe not even you know the best of times, we, we share that with one another. And to that point, when we were discussing what topics we can discuss and you know just real life shit, we discussed navigating emotions. And especially as men, it's probably not the easiest thing to do, um, whether that's societal demands, masks, and everything in between that. So I'm actually just gonna throw it out there. I, I would like to learn about everyone's journey here about how they once navigated emotions and where you are now, how you currently do so. I'll, uh, I'll jump in here. Uh, and I think it's, it's uh, interesting that we're talking about this topic too, because we were gonna cover this uh, in August and right when we were about to actually have the podcast and we're going to get uh, super personal here um i had found out that day that my father had um lung cancer so well, the idea that we were going to talk about navigating emotions like like and especially obviously that's very heavy um it still is very heavy it was only two three weeks ago i think we we're going to shoot this um it, it definitely it it was, I wasn't ready that night, obviously, to talk in general. So that's why usually we've been doing these like once a month, but you know, we, we delayed a little bit. Anthony took a nice trip to, uh, to Greece that, enjoyed, <laughs> uh, that we were all jealous of, um, which we definitely want to hear about. Hopefully it comes up on this podcast, but um, it, it, was, it was something that kind of hit, obviously, like really close to home. So um, I, I thought about it for a little bit, and now um, the unknown at that point, uh, three or four weeks ago, was, was super scary. Um, we literally just found out that day. Um, how you deal with that, too, is, is something that I'll probably talk about a lot now, um, how, I, how I was able to, and how I'm dealing with it now, as opposed to how I might have dealt with it even when I was younger or, or five years ago. Um, so the, wrapping my brain around this, um, and it's funny because uh, Matt and I went for a, a run last week and we were kind of talking about it. I'm, I'm, I'm grateful um, for everybody who has um, volunteered, family, friends, um, you know, to just kind of help out and to be able now at this point in my life to actually take them up on that help. Mm -hmm. Whereas in the past, it was kind of like I wanted to shoulder and burden everything. Mm -hmm. So um, part of it was 
I never ask for help. I'm able to kind of deal with everything. Um, you know, uh, like you want to take care of everything yourself. You might be weak if you're if you're seen as being vulnerable, right? Was was how I was in my 20s, um, and now at this point, it's nice to be able to have friends and family come to you and truly and genuinely you see it want to actually help you. It's not a burden to them. It's something that they would enjoy doing. We've been super grateful who's had, um, you know, even friends of the family who work in appointments at Sloan who were able to kind of fast track us, um, you know, cousins who uh, have, you know, oncologists out of state who reached out to Sloan to try to get us the right appointments. Uh, friends um, who, are, who are doctors and are giving us advice on what to do, what questions to ask. Um, even just friends like you guys, for example, have kind of reached out and just been like, you know, if there's anything that I can do for you, let me know. Um, whether that's walking the dog, whether that's, you know, I've had friends volunteer. One of my friends is like, listen, um, my, you know, I have a newborn at home. I'm not really exposing myself right now to COVID. If you need anybody who is around to kind of take your dad to, you know, chemo sessions because he's high risk. I mean, just being around that is, it's weird to say like in a, in a situation like this where it's, it's heavy and it's, it's, it's obviously something that we're dealing with as a family, but just to be able to have all those people around you, I'm truly grateful um, to experience that. And I think when we talk about handling emotions, in the past, I probably would have just completely, you know, kind of gone to a hole, right? That we talk about like that cave that you go in as a male um, and maybe you just don't want anybody to kind of help you out, just kind of block everything off and try to deal with it yourself. I think now at this point in my life, I'm just thankful to have the tools necessary to be open to help and be able to express how I am and be vulnerable. And um, even, you know, we talk about handling emotions. A lot of our behavior is learned, right? We talk about that all the time, right? Our parents, um, my father is the most stoic person I've ever met. Um, he, he's never, you know, he doesn't rely on anybody for anything really. I've never really seen him angry. Um, never seen him like super excited. He's just very like even keel all the time. Um, he might be excited, but he like, kind of controls his emotions and, you know, and then kind of celebrates after, or he might be angry, but he kind of sits on it, thinks about it and then reacts like, so for him, it was the first time I actually saw him like not know what to do. Right. Like for the first time ever. Um, and it. It was like seeing him for the first time, um, being able to have a conversation with him and tell him that it's okay to be afraid, it's okay to be vulnerable, it's okay to, um, to cry, it's okay to be scared. That for me, I wouldn't have been able to do before I kind of put work in or, or whether that was you know reading books like we talk about all the time or um, going to therapy and, and kind of dealing with your own stuff and um, working on yourself in general, I wouldn't have had those tools um, to be able to even help him now. So I'm just super thankful that I'm able to be, be there for him fully as opposed to maybe, um, you know, putting on that, that mask of like, everything's okay. We're going to be fine. Don't worry about it. You know, like, and, you know, just kind of deal with it like that because you bury so much and I've done that in the past that it's just not healthy, you know? Um, so... This, this episode for me, honestly, is like super close to home because it was literally like, I didn't even know if I was going to bring it up even before this. I was kind of like, I don't know if I should talk about it or what, but um, I just felt it was kind of important for, for the message to kind of get out there that like, like my, like my, between my father and myself and like just how we were, you know, it's the being, the being vulnerable thing is, is what's um, the scary part. Mm -hmm. And it, it's still scary for him. 
Um, but for me, I'm okay with talking about it openly, telling people what my emotions are, um, telling them even, even going to my dad and telling him, you know, guiding him in a certain way. It's just, it's been, it's been heavy to say the least. And I think, um, I'm just like, we spoke about last week was like Matt and I went for a run and he was, we were literally just saying like, I'm so thankful for being in even therapy and dealing with some of these problems so that I can be there for him in this way. Cause I couldn't have been there before in the past, not knowing the, the stuff about myself or even about him, how he is. Um, so it's weird because it's, it's a scary situation. You know, um, we got a lot of people praying for us. We're super positive. He's, he's being super positive. We're going to fight this the best we can, but, um, it's still, it's still heavy. You know, and when it comes to like dealing with emotions, it's like, listen, we, we, you know, you could deal with heartbreak. I've never dealt with somebody who's this close to me. Um, Like I've dealt with death before, which has been like sudden, but I've never really dealt like on the, on the cancer side and having to deal with this um, before personally. So like, it's, it's definitely, um, it's definitely testing me to say the least. Absolutely. First and foremost, uh, I know we all appreciate the transparency and the vulnerability Uh, And I know even more so it's appreciated from everyone that tunes into this because that's how people resonate, you know? Um, I'm sure there's people that are listening that can resonate, whether it's with cancer, COVID, something else um, beyond that as well. So just thank you for that. Um, My question to you, though, is what was it that made you open up, right? Because you, you were discussing how you would have previously handled it different, maybe in your early 20s or sure. whatever the case is. So, like, what was it that opened you up so that you no longer suppressed? Um, I dealt with, I have, I've lost a couple best friends um, early on when I was younger. I've also been through, like, some heartbreak in my life. And for, for most of my life, up until maybe five years ago, 35 um, maybe about up until like five years ago, maybe a little before that. A lot of that I would just burden on myself. I wouldn't communicate it to people. I wouldn't talk about it. I wouldn't tell people. Like when people would say, this is like just in general, like when people would just be like, are you, like how are you doing? Oh, great, right? Um, and from an outside perspective too, um, as a guy who seems to maybe have it all together, right? Um, I, I didn't. And um, it was because I was, I was burying a lot of emotions and I was trying to deal with it all on myself. I didn't want to ask anybody for help, uh, whether it was family or friends. I didn't want to vent to anybody. I really had no outlet for any of my stressors. And it was starting to just kind of eat at me. And that was when things started to kind of change. It was probably, I would say it was probably even about like, let's say late 20s is when I started to realize like, I need, something's got to change here. So um, when, when I started realizing that and going through that process of, under, of communicating more is when like, my life started to change also. Um, I became more open in even a format where I can kind of talk about life stuff like this, kind of wear my heart on my sleeve and just see that people resonate way more with that when, you're, when you express your truth as opposed to just pretending like you have your shit together. Right. Um, because I don't care who you are, everybody has some form of, of suffering or some form of um, you know problems that they're that they're dealing with right it's always like uh, what's that expression um, like you you never know what someone's um, dealing with like on the day-to-day so make sure you treat them well or do you guys yeah. know what I'm talking about yeah I know exactly what right but it's true like everybody's dealing with their own stuff um, and I think I because of learned behavior because you know of masculinity and, and my father or my uncles or whatever it was um, or even not even having like it's it's interesting now as I'm an adult like dealing talking to you guys about this um, 
and we have a group chat where we share our successes, our failures, our um, you know stuff that we have that's going on. Ask each other for advice. I didn't have that when I was younger, right? It was more just like fart jokes and you know, <laughs> um, you know, like just ball busting, right? right. Um, so. Like, I, once I started to kind of change too, you start to attract even certain people who are able to communicate and be on the same wavelength as you also. So I think that was, it was, it came from literally just being at a point in my life to answer your question. Like it came out from being a point in my life where I realized like, I, I can't do everything myself. And when I started to open up a little bit, right? And like show a little bit of my true self, is like, oh, okay, this, this actually makes me feel better, right? Whether it was journaling, right? Which has been huge for me. I know we all talk about that in terms of like being able to communicate your ideas. Um, you know, whether it's uh, meditation, kind of getting your ideas out, um, you know, letting your brain kind of float around, um, or even therapy, talking about having a voice, an unbiased opinion, kind of talking through some stuff. I mean, those were kind of the tools that I realized were like making my life exponentially better. Like I felt better every day. Yeah. Um, and even like getting over, I think we all, we, we all do this to ourselves too. Like we, there's a certain sense of guilt, um, right. That you put on yourself through past experiences, right. You still, you don't forgive yourself over certain things or you feel guilty about certain things. Like, um, I told you guys this, but like when I found out it was that Wednesday we've been to the podcast, I found out Wednesday my dad had cancer. Um, my mom called me, I was completely like on the ball for her. She was like a mess. And she was like a rock for my dad, right? And then like she called me, I needed to be a rock for her. But then like I didn't have anybody to be a rock for me. Mm-hmm. So like the next day I was, like I, could, I told you guys, I couldn't get out of bed. Like it was, it was, and like that's why I respect you guys so much. Like you reached out to me to see how I was doing. I didn't really tell anybody what was going on. You guys were one of the first that found out. Um, I couldn't get out of bed for like four hours. Like I was laying there and I was like starting to even like feel like guilt for making this about myself even, like which is weird. Right? It was like, I felt guilty for, for not being able to act, for not being able to, um, for just like, like this isn't happening to me, why am I laying in bed for four hours, like I should be doing something, whatever. Um, and then like, because of the lessons that we learned, I think, um, or, or even what I've learned, like, I realized like, it's okay to feel this way. And that was another thing I, I didn't know when I was younger. Like, it's okay to feel these emotions. There's nothing wrong with that. Like, you can be sad. You can be depressed. You can be scared. Um, but, like, I, once I realized, like, it's okay to feel these emotions, I stopped feeling guilty about it. And then I was able to get out of bed and kind of move around. And I, I forgot who I was even, I, I'll be honest, I think, I think it might have been Phil, it might have been Matt, who were like, yeah, just like get up and walk. Like go for a walk, get up out of bed, go for a run, something, and that's exactly what I did. Like I got up, started feeling a little better, whatever, and then that was the first time that I went to see my dad because I hadn't seen him on the Wednesday, I went to see him on the Thursday. And because I got all those emotions out in the morning, I was able to be that rock that he needed. But I couldn't have got there without expressing those emotions, mm-hmm. which maybe in the past I might not have done you know, or I might have bottled up or whatever. So like, I kind of needed to get that out on my own and then I was able to kind of be there for them later on. But it was, it's, it's just been, I don't, like it's, it's just been heavy, man. Um, and when we talk about dealing with emotions, it's just day by day. Like, it's not like it's fixed or anything. Like you deal with this stuff constantly. You know, you have your ups, you have your downs. Um, you just have to kind of develop behavior patterns that keep you positive, surround yourself with great people. Um, you know, who, who are there to support you and help you out when you are at your worst or when you do need help, you know? For sure. What about you, man? Well, I mean, first and foremost, Drew, thanks for opening up and, yeah. you know, sharing that with 
the group and for everyone listening because everyone's going through their own demons and their own battles and whether it's something like a, a family member having cancer or something of the like everyone's going through their own battles and their, their own things so um, just talking that out and hearing someone kind of openly express their initial reactions how they dealt with it the ups the, really the downs but the people that help lift you up um, I think it's so important to kind of talk out that process. So thank you for sharing that uh, here. And, uh, you know, we love you and we got you. No, man, I, you guys have been amazing and I, I can't express enough, um, you know, um, how great you guys have been for me. So, you know, thanks again. There's a lot of gold in that. So. Absolutely. It was, man. Yeah, thank you. No, it was uh, probably not easy. Again, I didn't know if I was going to actually talk about that, but I was like, it's so important to kind of get that message out. So well, you just talked about... Um, people wanting to see the authentic you and not just you feeling better, but also helping uplift others by sharing your story. And I think yeah. that's what you're doing here. So yeah. And Absolutely. I, again, I mean, I hope, I hope that resonates with some people um, because it's, it, I'm, I'm thankful that I had the tools ready to, to um, kind of attack this when it did happen. And it's never too late to kind of start, you know, and you never know when something's going to happen to you personally or whatever. So, um, you know, I'm just thankful that I put in this work a little earlier so that I'm able to deal with this more so now, um, which is an ongoing thing. Man. There's no, you know. Well, again, like you, you, it's growing up, it's maturing, it's, it's graduating. You know right. what I mean? It's graduating. So I think as, as men, you know, we grow up conditioned as kids, especially in the generation that we did too, uh, where it's cool not to care. You know what I mean? Like, you're in class, yeah, I don't really care. I don't really care about homework. <laughs> right, care about right. Like, right. Think, like, that's what's, what we considered was cool, was right. not giving a shit. And then you graduate, and I don't mean in school, I mean in life, and then you realize the complete opposite is true. It's actually way cooler to care. Yeah. And if you're still stuck in that sure. mindset of not giving a shit, you're kind of a douchebag, you know, <laughs> whether you mean to be or not, whether it's ill intent or not, it's usually not, mm -hmm. it's just conditioning. So I think that comes with, you know, oftentimes it doesn't just, doesn't just come naturally. There's oftentimes an event, a life altering event that happens. And whether it's something like, you know, you're going through now and obviously you put in the work prior to this, like you just mentioned, but sometimes that's what we need. We need to almost, be shaken up and snapped out of our daily routine to reprioritize like what's really important in my life like is this all a facade because a lot of times we all live through facades like yeah like you mentioned man like I've, I've done it too I've done it plenty like everything's great everything's amazing I don't want to show weakness I don't want to show that you know uh, tough times are getting the best of me and I looked at it as a, as a strength uh, for a really long time and while there is some aspect of that being a strength uh, really when you make the connections with people like Drew was saying is when you are vulnerable because you're actually taking that mask that you spoke of off and that is what opens up relationships to the people that you actually want to have in your life because the people that you're just saying hey everything is great like you don't want to expose that side of you and really tell them what's going on in your life they're more so acquaintances and they're great to have. You need, you need acquaintances, but the people that really come through for you in, in times of need and times of trouble um, and in good times too, the ones that you want by your side are the people that really get you and they know you to your core and they know that you fuck up. Like mm -hmm. we all fuck up and you, they right. know that you're, you're struggling and 
you're okay to expose that. Like you might want to expose that to every single person out there and it's totally normal, but you have to have people that you can rely on to really just take that mask off and show them who you are. And if you don't have that, I think you'll lose your mind. You got to have those people in your life that see you for what you truly are. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of us have kept people in our circles. I know all of we've talked about this before that, you know, it's almost we're creatures of habit. Like we are loyal guys and we don't want to like diss anybody. You know, you know, I know this kid from the neighborhood from when I was a kid, I can't ditch him. You don't have to necessarily excommunicate him from your entire life. But as you get a little older and you really find out who you are and you realize how different you truly are, you're not going to keep coming to them for all this stuff. Like, yeah, I have plenty of friends that can, we can bust balls. There's no shortage of that. We have plenty of friends that can talk sports, bust balls, bust chops, you know, knock one another and have some fun. But as you get older, I think there's, there's, there's a select few people that you really could be like, hey guys, like this is what's going on and I don't care how it sounds and I don't care if I sound a certain way or even if I get teary. Like we tell each other openly, like, hey man, I was, I told you guys earlier a story where I went to a certain place and I was moved to tears by it because it was so moving. Um, I don't necessarily have to share that with every single person I know, but when you're comfortable enough to even say that without having to think twice, I think you found your drop. You found your squad. I just told everyone, by the way. Yeah, well, I did. Well, <laughs> it's true. It's true. Well, I did. You know, there were certain times um, where you get moved by a moment. It's okay to feel. You know, I think we're again another thing. Men are so conditioned to bury emotion, bury it, like have it deep down within you, and don't don't express it. But when you're doing that. I mean, are you being yourself or are you being somebody else that society, you think society wants you to be? Or you know, you're not being true to yourself. So again, it comes down to, like I talked about, authenticity and um, just also filtering out the people that are really important in your life and who you really are gonna, who your rider dies and who are the people that are just like your acquaintances. Agreed. I could speak on it very close to Drew's example um, and I actually did the complete opposite, mainly because I, I just wasn't equipped enough at the time. So I, I, that's why I really respect the way you've handled it thus far, especially in your specific scenario, because as I've told you, you've done exactly what you've needed to do. Like as a man, like you really have, not even just for your father, but for your family and also for yourself. When my mom was diagnosed with cancer, as you mentioned, very heavy, mm-hmm. dude, I ran. Like I literally ran so far away from that because I was scared. I had no clue how to handle that. How long ago was that? I was in my early 20s, so I'm 28 now. That was probably before I turned 21. Yeah, you were a baby, man. Yeah, like, yo, it's it's really crazy to slip. And it pretty much goes back to what we asked. Like, how would you have handled it in your earlier 20s versus now? You know? Yeah, it would have been entirely different. I probably would have reacted the exact same way. Exactly. So, I I mean, I I could resonate with what you said on a super high level. It's just like... Or you could, yeah, you could completely go the opposite. You know, you could could try to bury it with, you know, bad bad things or just try to hide the pain. You know, whether it's drinking or just distraction or whatever, you could totally try to do that. Absolutely. For, for me in that moment, it was actually make as much money as possible because I thought that's what was going to heal me. Mm. It wasn't even just heal me of what my mother was experiencing, but also all of the trauma that I've experienced throughout my life to that point, which I never tended to, you mm. know? So I think that's, you know, it, it's a testament to see where that shift happens in an individual's life. And then you realize how you handle 
traumatic experiences after, whether it's someone in your family experiencing a health crisis, whether it's you going through a breakup, you um, maybe experiencing something in your career that's detrimental. It's it's pretty powerful to experience where that shift happens. And when you can pinpoint it, you can evaluate the experiences on one side and the other side. And obviously you're on the other side now where you're handling things in a very healthy way as opposed to maybe you know differently in the past, you know? Yeah. That's pretty crazy. So I mean, um, obviously that was that was how long ago? Um, Seven years, eight years. Okay. Yeah, and man. Now is yeah, she's good. She's absolutely good. Um, obviously, there, there's other things though that need to be navigated from an emotional perspective, including my relationship with her. I have a, I don't want to say a horrible relationship with her, but it's a relationship that needs healing, and healing doesn't come from one person. Uh, so maybe I'm the one that's willing to heal. Um, heal our relationship, but she sees that there's nothing wrong and that's fine. You know, you have to you have to respect that that alone is something that needs to be navigated from an emotional perspective because as a man uh, Maybe, you know, there's a psychological or maybe even a bio biological relationship to your mother and if it's not intact, you know, maybe maybe there's some emotional baggage that needs to be navigated outside of that There's obviously things that come up in my life all the time whether it's career-wise business-wise relationship-wise that need to be navigated. And now I see after I can identify where my shift was, how differently I handle things. Mm -hmm. For instance, you referenced the run that we were on. Obviously you delivered to me some news that day that I probably didn't want to hear, but obviously it was the reality. And when I heard what I heard, I realized how I handled it and I handled it really fucking well. Mm -hmm. You know, even last Friday, as I've alluded to, I had an opportunity to work with a startup that kind of fell through after a conversation with the CMO of the company. And instead of going out, binging on Peronis like I'm doing right now, um, I literally just took my journal to a cigar bar. I went by myself. I sat there. I journaled. I literally talked about everything I was feeling, the good, the bad, the ugly. And I just sat there, smoked my cigar, paid no attention to anyone except for Dino from Cavo. <laughs> I said, what's up to him? And that was it. I, moved, I, I was on my way, you know? So like seeing the difference after the shift, is, it's actually a beautiful thing. It, it tru truly is. Um, I want to talk about Phil quickly, not even quickly, just in general. And then I want to talk about a few other things because obviously all of us here have experienced blocking, suppressing of emotions. Mm -hmm. Um, and then obviously a few other things that fall into it. So, Phil. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you guys all dropped a lot of a lot of gold, a lot of beautiful stuff. I think something in addition worth noting is that when we talk about navigating emotions, navigating emotions should be difficult. Why? Because it's something that we never dealt with before. Mm -hmm. If we did, it would have been easy. So whenever I, you know, have a hard time dealing with something, it's like, well, I'm not a pro at this. And it goes back to thinking that you should know all the answers. And a lot of times in my life, like, I just thought, you should know this. So guilt and, mm -hmm. how come I don't know this? I can't ask for this, because then I'll be seen as weak. Mm -hmm. I'll be seen as the guy that doesn't know what he's talking about. Who's going to respect him? Or maybe you've had a chance or many chances in your life where you were the person who knew something, whether it be career, relationship, business, life, health, fitness, anything. So I think... It's just realizing you don't realize it in the moment, but it's realizing that navigating emotions is not supposed to be easy. Because mm -hmm. if it was easy, you wouldn't have to navigate it. Like that, <laughs> like it's it's that simple. Right. And um, so you're navigating something you never dealt with before. In the moment, I'll talk to myself. I'm hard on myself, but 
you really need to learn to handle it with grace. So you do not need to make a decision on this emotion or this situation in a heartbeat. Like you can play it out. You can see how you feel. You could ask people for their advice. You could do all this stuff, but ultimately, you know, you talk about the tool bag and like, you know, meditation, the journaling, the breath work, things like that. But it's going back to your own set of tools that's going to help you, you know, navigate it more so than any other outside opinion. But also not putting so much pressure on yourself. Like, I need to have the answer now. Mm -hmm. I notice whenever I do that, I make it harder on myself. Like, it's okay to not figure it out right now. There's no timeline. I'm just making it up in my head. So I, I think that guys in general, women, everyone, that you can you can navigate anything. It's just that some are easier than others, some take more time than others. And so what you guys will said earlier, like you'll navigate it um, in a more streamlined way. The more mature you get, the more self-reflection you've done, the more self-aware you are, like you'll you'll navigate it better. But don't beat yourself up for how you're feeling is what it comes down to. Right. And that's I think that's what I've I've learned the most. And and then the next time you navigate an emotion, it's gonna mean that you haven't dealt with it before, which means like you're just stepping up the ladder mm-hmm. of life problems, issues, which just means that you're becoming a higher end human being. Right. Like I didn't know this all back in the day, but like this is what I've come to realize. Mm. Yeah. I, and you're you're able also to now forgive yourself, right, for not navigating it the right way back then. <laughs> which I think is important too. Right? And to and it's important to keep that in mind, I think, in life in general. Like, yeah, you're gonna navigate emotions. There's gonna be sometimes like it's not like w- either anybody in this room is fixed and we're not going to have an emotion that we navigate perfectly for the rest of our lives. Like that would be a ridiculous statement to say. There's going to be times where we react the wrong way, right? Where we might let anger get the best of us Mm. or old behavior patterns conquer, you know, um, some of the stuff that we've even learned to try to break out of. But I think the biggest thing is to just not, to just be able to forgive yourself for reacting that way too. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's been a big part of, of my life when it comes to, to navigating emotions to the point where like, like even when I meditate, like I, one of my mantras is like, I forgive myself. Another one is like, I forgive others. Like that kind of gets me in, in the right mood when I'm meditating, right? Like I forgive myself. No matter what's happened in the past, like I forgive myself for it. Like it's happened, it's in the past, you know, I've learned from it and I'm kind of moving on. And then I kind of go into like, I also forgive others for the same reason. You know, like it's one of those things that kind of just resets me when I'm meditating. It's like one of my mantras that I always kind of try to preach. Yeah, I think that's one of the struggles too is finding that balance because, you know, we'll study meditation or we'll study, you know, being Zen. But then at the same time, we we learn of these great competitors, right? Like a like an MJ, and they have very different philosophies and outlooks on life. And we have different sides. We're multifaceted. We have a lot of different sides to us. Mm-hmm. So, it's trying to balance the situation to figure out, like, all right, how do I act appropriately here? Do I stick to this one, you know, do I try to stay calm and zen in all situations? Do I, you know, go ultra competitive and hard on everything? And, and that's not how it is. It's a case-by-case basis. Um, I dealt with a situation not that long ago, and then you guys are aware of it, where I think I've, you know, in the past, certain situations that might have bugged me, I would have reacted like I would flip easier. I never, I never, was never a person that like, I'm not a grudge holder and I don't get mad for very long. I get over things very, very quickly, luckily. But, um, 
you know, even things that like might in the past have ruined my day, I shake them off a lot quicker. And that, that's come with practice, that's come with time, that's come with maturity. Long story short, some guy was driving the LIE, guy hits my car, just drives right into me. Uh, I look at him, I go, hey, pull over. We pull over and guy was like, you know, very apologetic. So sorry, like, let's settle this. I don't want to have any issues whatsoever. Um, let, let's do this amicably. Get his insurance, shook hands. I go, are you okay? And he's like, yeah, I'm okay. Are you okay, man? He's like, I'm good. He's like, I'm just, you know, we said, we're just glad no one got hurt here. I'm like, what a, what a good guy. Like, and what a mature <laughs> way to handle this. Cause I got to tell you 10 years ago, Anthony would not have reacted in such a way. I would flipped out on the guy. I would have gone nuts. I would have lost it. That was almost my default. And I would have felt that after. Cause I always do. Yeah. Greek guilt. Um, <laughs> <laughs> similar to Italian guilt. Yeah, it's similar very, to Jewish guilt. It kind of all goes in. All yeah. very similar. <laughs> ways, and that guilt is embedded in us somewhere in our DNA. Long story short, I call this guy. Uh, we're settling insurance, and um, you know he he admitted it was his fault. And all of a sudden, he he flipped the stories like uh, you know I I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, you hit me, and now I'm injured. And I'm like, this is the same guy that when he hit my car, he was apologetic. We shook hands. We looked, we, you know, I hate, for me, I've always been a handshake is a contract type of guy. And when we shake hands, we make eye contact and we're like, hey, we're good. We'll settle this like men. And you go and change the story completely because you think you're going to create insurance fraud. And now all of a sudden your back hurts, your neck hurts. And you, you know, you're trying to flip the story. I lost it, dude. I lost my shit on this guy. I'm not going to say what I said, but I lost my shit. And he got the message loud and clear. Mm-hmm. And in that moment, it felt good. It felt good to get that seam off because, dude, like you guys, and to the people listening, if you're listening to this, you're in a likelihood a competitor. And I don't like, I don't stand for bullying and I don't want to be bullied. And I don't like people taking advantage of anyone, let alone myself. So when somebody's crossing over that line, I get really, a, a, a different side comes out of me. And I don't like to be fucked with at all. I really, I, I, I have no tolerance for that. So I flipped down and felt good. And then immediately afterwards, I felt bad because I lost my cool. I was like, you know what? I should have kind of like kept it together. I, you know, I could have handled it differently. And I was kind of going back and forth. It was like, what's the appropriate way to handle this? Because I want to be this person that like is in, in control of his emotions and I want to keep myself in check. But at the same time, like I said, I had that competitive nature about me. And I don't, like I just mentioned, I don't want to ever be taken advantage of. And then I flew off the handle when I heard that news. And in talking with you guys and saying like, hey, like what you're going through is very normal. Like it helped me kind of work out the kinks. And afterwards, I'm not gonna lie, I, I took a walk. I, had to, I was heated for like hours. And I walked by a church, I went inside the church, I went in there, unexpectedly it was there. So I went in for 20 minutes, I felt a lot calmer. And uh, I, I think that that was like, I was, in there having a conversation like with God and myself, like, like what's the appropriate way to handle this? And there's not necessarily a right or wrong way to handle it. It's just, it's just, it's okay to feel. It's okay to yes. feel whether it's it, whether it's extreme. As long as you come back to center, I think it's okay. And we, I think we told you that too because you kind of let us know that that was going on. And I think all of us were like, it's okay to react to something, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's gonna happen. It's normal to feel that way, especially if someone's trying to take advantage of you. Um, and obviously if there's any, there's always like being in control, but then there's like sometimes, you know, when, when somebody tries to take advantage, like you said, if there's bullying, if there's violence, whatever, I, you know, I think I go back to the quote where it's like, it's better to be a warrior in a garden 
than to be a gardener in a war mm. to some extent, right? Like you don't, you got to stand up for injustice when injustice happens. I don't, you right. know, and that, at that point it is what it is. Um, but it's, it's important for you that you realize too, that you were getting a little bit out of control and you recentered. Like that's the more important thing than anything, right? Cause like we're going to react no matter who we are, right? We're not the Dalai Lama, right? We're not, <laughs> it's funny. Uh, Matt, yeah, Matt gave us, Matt gifted us, um, <laughs> <laughs> the Art of Happiness by the Dalai Lama uh, before the podcast, right? We're not the Dalai Lama, right? We might read the book, but we're not going to react, right, right, right. right? I don't care how many times, right? Read the book, audio book, right? I don't care, right. you know, leave it on while we're sleeping, right? It doesn't matter. Uh, we're not the Dalai Lama. We're going to react um, in a way sometimes that we're not, we're not happy with, right? Whether that's in, a, in, a, in, a, in an incident where someone's trying to take advantage of us, whether that's in a relationship, right, where maybe old behavior patterns pop up and we did something that, you know, uh, affected the relationship and we feel guilty about. The most important thing is that we realize that that behavior is there, I think, and then we address it and kind of move on from it. And again, like I said before, I think the most important thing too is that you don't hold on to the guilt of that. Right. You know, like you're able to acknowledge the behavior, realize that it's not something that you're okay with, and try to learn from that, I think is the most important thing, no matter what kind of situation that you're in. So how do we go about accepting how we feel, but at the same time, controlling how we feel? That, that's tough. I mean, like, for instance, in your situation, obviously you felt angry, probably upset as well that this rage, guy was... Rage, yeah. So rage is actually a scary topic. Yeah. There's a lot that's buried under rage. Oh, yeah. We could probably talk about add, that. Well, that's actually what I was going to ask. Were there any other ex- extenuating circumstances that were going on in your life that might have led you to react that yeah, way? Yeah, rage is... Uh, right. Like if, if, if rage was the, was the reaction, then there might be some other stuff that was kind of going on. You know? Unresolved. Stress from work. Stress from work. Like, Honestly, what I think it was is just having faith in humanity and then, like I said... Mm-hmm. I think and then almost losing it in that moment because you, know, you have a stranger and like I said the handshake deal of just like hey two strangers coming together and just like having an understanding with one another just kind of like honesty policy and then someone seeing an opportunity to make a little money through insurance fraud mm-hmm. I was just like that ain't it We're I, yeah. I so I had a I had an employee who worked for us who I had like gone out of my way in terms of like trying to mentor. He worked with us for two years. Like I, I used to take meetings with him to try to help him out. Like, like developed like a personal relationship with this with this employee. Like he was a manager for us, whatever. And then um, he ended up, let's just say, like doing something very unethical, and then going to work for one of our competitors. So my initial reaction was like, like go to war, right? It was like, I'm gonna get my lawyer, I'm gonna get the, I'm gonna, he signed the non-compete, I'm gonna go after him, I'm gonna sue him, I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna do that. It was like, on a, on a war path. Like I put on my helmet and I was ready to go to war. Like I just lost it. I just let my emotions get the best of me. Like everything was like, I'm gonna put all my energy into this. Like it was just like, and then like I slept on it for like 24 hours, 48 hours. And then I was like, dude, karma is a real thing. Like it is, I don't care what religion you are or whatever. Like it's gonna come back to this like kid and bite him in the ass. Like it just is. So my outlook on it was like, eventually it was like, I'm going to put resources and money into trying to just go after this employee just for what? Because my ego was hurt a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He did something unethical. Was it illegal? No. Um, did, am I more hurt personally than I am even in terms of like how he hurt the business? Yes. Is that why I'm reacting the same way that I am right now? Yes. So like, I finally got to a point where I was like, listen, like my attorney was like, dude, you really want to go after him like you realize like it's going to take time out of your day like you're going to it's not you instead of putting being productive and putting into growing the business you're going to be taking weeks 
like with a deposition and, right. and whatever else, trying to go after this one person for what reason? Because your your ego's hurt a little bit. And like even hearing that outside perspective, I was like, yeah. Like, but younger Drew might have, might have like went all in, like all in on this on this kid, you know? Like it's it's actually something you and I talked about last night on the way to Long Island City when we were driving. We were long story short, whatever we were talking about, a situation where we had the opportunity to choose either our human slash ego self versus our higher self. Right. You know, so like you chose your higher self after 24, 48 hours yeah, of sleep. Yeah. You know, but it, I think it's okay to choose your human ego self for at least a little bit where you're like, fuck you, expletive. Okay. Or <laughs> that's normal, right? That's what it's we're talking normal. about. That's Absolutely. normal. Yeah. That's, 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 that's the reaction we're talking about. That's the emotion Absolutely. exactly what we're talking about. That's normal. I, I think you need to feel that. But at the same time, like you do need to come back to equilibrium as we've said. And you have to say, all right, listen, this person's a fucking piece of shit. Mm. They're a child of God. Let God deal with it. Right. Yes. Like, yeah. But I think, so my situation, Drew's situation, and the situation that we spoke about, I think what it comes down to, one of the touchiest things I think that maybe sets us off is the feeling of betrayal. Yes. Well, absolutely. Who wants to feel that? But I think that's what it causes. Like, not everything causes rage. You know what I'm saying? If somebody like... Cut you off, you know. There, there's that term road rage, but you'll get over it in two seconds. What really like enrages like me is feeling betrayed. And, and mm. Drew's example, yeah, felt betrayed. Yeah, right. Our example we spoke about was the feeling of betrayal. I think that's the one that's that hits harder than than most. Yeah, when people aren't honest, right, right, yep, aren't honest, a whole bunch of other shit. Yeah, mm-hmm. definitely, definitely brings it about. But the more you navigate that emotion, going back to what we're saying. The next time, mm. you won't have the normal self come in. You'll, exactly. go, you'll go straight to the higher self. Maybe not the second time. I'm not saying that. But eventually, it's a muscle. It's a muscle. Exactly. Yeah. It'll, it'll just, just it'll, it will get there. And then when you can get back to center, hit the reset button the uh, quicker, faster, expedited amount of time, like you're yeah. an evolved human being. It takes right. time. But man, you, you get there. This, uh, in our quick, quick example, on our vision board, and um, I've always been into real estate. I was, used to be a real estate accountant, mentor turned into a partner. I wrote on the vision board January 1st um, when we were doing it. I said, I want to do one flip this year. I want to know what it tastes like. I want to know what that's like, right? Had a, like this past two weeks, been, been grinding and actually got four properties under contract. And um, in the past week, lost two. Mm-hmm. And the old Phil would have reacted, you know, pretty salty. Sure. But this was, okay, how can I navigate it right away, like to have no loss, minimal downtime, get back up, look right for the next one. You know, instead of saying, oh man, mm-hmm. why me? Fuck, like, why me? Mm-hmm. Why is that to happen, this, that, like, and just realizing it's part of the process. That was something that takes a lot of time for me to get to, but, it's 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 gonna happen, and like na- that was my example of not getting an emotion this past this in the last two weeks. But um, it's a muscle, like you said, it's a, it's a muscle. So the biggest takeaway here, it, everyone that's listening, go out there, try and get betrayed, and <laughs> go get. No, I'm only kidding. Do you think, Phil? Do you think that you would have felt a different type of way if instead of going for four? fix and flips if you only went for two and lost both do you think you would have reacted differently it, it would have hurt more mm, yeah. it would have ultimately hurt more 
Um, and yeah. you know, have, having the other two still, I could still possibly, I'm very optimistic. Mm-hmm. But the reason why, like when I told you guys like on one of our chats, you're like, oh, I didn't know. It's not because I didn't want to share it. It's because I knew that it wasn't 100% locked in yet till closing date, and I just had it under contract. Mm-hmm. So it's still a possibility. I'm very optimistic. It's still a possibility that the next two, I don't have, they're not closed yet. None closed so far. But the next two are supposed to close um, 9.15. So it's still a possibility. I just, I feel better knowing that even if it doesn't work out, that I got so close to making it work that I could do it again. Mm-hmm. And it goes back to like navigating that emotion. Like uh, it didn't work out, but I tasted it. So now the next time it happens, it's, it's, it's gonna yeah. happen one, two, three. It's a muscle. Mm. It really is a muscle. Well, that's why I, I think um, this is what I was gonna ask you guys too. I know I've witnessed it. When we talk about navigating emotions, I have family, I have friends who I've watched, right? Navigate emotion. And it, and it go the wrong way and the behavior pattern just continues right yeah. like you watch them just make the same mistake over and over and over again and it's like you know you want to kind of step in and, and you see it and you kind of want to like step in and let them know like this is gonna this pattern is gonna continue until you address like the main issue that's here but like you said it's a muscle like you kind of have to acknowledge the behavior realize that you that you reacted wrong and then come to the determination of why did you react that way Right? I think that's the biggest thing, right? Like, why did I react that way? Was it because, if we were talking about relationships, was it like a jealousy thing? Was it an insecurity thing? If we're talking about like business, was it, yeah, because like I felt betrayal? Um, was I not confident enough, right? Like, there's so many different factors. I think if you're gonna change that behavior and learn from it, like you said, like it's a muscle, you have to get to the root of why did I react that way to begin with? Mm. And I think that's how you kind of move forward. And that can be done in numerous ways, like we talked about, you know, using that, you know, a toolbox in terms of like what, what it actually is and kind of realizing to yourself, like coming to some self-realization where you're self-aware enough to realize like, oh, that's why I did that, you know? And then when the next thing pops up, you might even react the same way, but you realize it. And then you're like, oh shit, I did it again, right? And then it's like, I'm not gonna do that again. I'm gonna realize it next time. And that's how it's been for me anyway, uh, particularly with, like in all types of relationships, friendships, you know, romantic relationships, family relationships, whatever. Like I've realized... I think at this point, like why I reacted certain ways. Am I holding hostility towards a certain person for whatever reason? Maybe that's I'm rea- why I'm reacting that way. Um, and trying to get to the root of what those problems are. Like you said, it's a muscle. Right? I think the more self-aware you become in terms of why you reacted that way, the easier it is to, to react in a, in a more positive manner moving forward. And you know what's the most, um, you know what's the most powerful thing? When you realize it as you're going through it. Yes. So you're right. able to look down at yourself from like I say like an aerial view, like a thirty foot view. It's easy to realize it afterwards, like mm-hmm. be grateful after the fact, be be uh, you know, appreciative after the fact. But when you realize it as you're going through it, so you almost give yourself a gut check while you're in the middle of a situation and that's that's when it's the most powerful. That's when it says that what you're doing is working, mm-hmm. you're becoming more self aware and that's something to, you know, Give them a path for like acknowledge it and be like oh damn like my old me would have done this but i'm choosing right here and there like and bit your tongue but you know in a you're you're evolving in a way where you're becoming more mature and it's i i was gonna say too and i i'm curious to hear your thought you guys thoughts on this too like how powerful of a tool is it too in business very powerful right extremely powerful could save deals could save 
your life could save relationships, mm-hmm. um, lifelong friendships, lifelong. It's it, all this is is how you do one thing is how you do everything. Obviously, mm-hmm. we all know that quote. This is all universal. Is all universal. Now, getting emotions in business, whether you lost a property, whether you lost, you know, knock on wood, a loved one, whether you lost uh, a girlfriend, like it's all the same muscle. It's how do you react in the situation. Right. Yeah. One thing, uh, one thing Bruce Buffer said on the show, which really ties into everything we're saying here, especially with the whole muscle talk of like navigating emotions. The lesson you're supposed to learn from something is going to continuously repeat until you actually learn it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let's go on. So That's like until your muscles actually build. Did he give an example on that? I don't listen to that. I have to go back to it. Yes. Yeah, what so episode was that? Throw a little plug in here. 195 plus. It's like one of them. I don't remember the exact number. Did you make him uh, do his line or no? It's time? Yeah. I actually did it. (laughs) (laughs) What was that? I have to listen. It sounds so bad. I didn't do it to Uh, the extent he does it, but I started laughing. We're actually releasing that on YouTube. A week from this. Awesome. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I did it in the beginning. We were both laughing. <laughs> but he didn't necessarily give an example. He was just talking about learning the lesson. And I, I'm sitting here listening to this conversation, obviously, as a part of it. And I'm saying to myself, you know what? I've had numerous instances in my life where something has popped up in a situation where I've had to navigate emotions where I didn't, I, I just didn't learn. And they kept coming back. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, I think it, I, I honestly just think it applies because if you, so for instance, in relationships, right, I'll bring this up. I was very, I, I was getting treated very properly, like the way that I deserve to be treated for many women in my life, but I fucked them over because I didn't believe that's how I deserve to be treated. Right. That, that, that's a whole childhood thing. Mm-hmm. So obviously I had to deal with losing someone, et cetera, et cetera. And then on the flip side, I treated someone great, got fucked over, et cetera. Mm-hmm. That kept popping up in my life until I realized it. Like until the lesson was finally learned, right. until the work was finally done. You know, it's so like that stuff, it comes about until you build those muscles. Right. And I think Phil actually said it perfectly ties into your example and what we've all been talking about um, this entire podcast is recognizing it when you get to the point where you recognize it while it's happening that's like you're a different dude you're a different person it's a a secret it's like you have it's like you have a superhuman power yes that's what I was talking about business that's exactly what I was talking about right it really is like it's like you're you're given a gift instead of like oh two years ago I should have acted differently at that and we do that right that's normal but then you use those examples to get to current day to get to now to get to the present and when you can whether it's delayed by you know it doesn't have to be in real time it could be delayed by hours days even weeks but as long as you're catching it in the moment and when you find yourself catching it in the moment that is a superpower that is like you are elevating your status you're on, you're, you're on the you're on the right track yeah. once you get there I have actually I actually found myself in that situation today so, <laughs> so I had I had I had a client call who was upset about service right and maybe like in a normal circumstance like uh it just so happened today, like they asked for me specifically. As a client I've had for like 10 years, like um, a lot of the newer clients don't necessarily look for me, right? But like when you're building the business, it's like, you know, they want to talk to Andrew or Mike, right? Me and my business partner, it's like one or the other. So 
in the past, right, when you're dealing like with a complaint or something, right, you might, maybe your ego takes over, maybe you're just like, this is like one of my smaller clients, right, where I just might literally just be like, <laughs> and and like, I, I feel I feel bad saying that, but like the company's at a point where it's like, listen, you know, we, we have some really big clients, we're doing well, et cetera. Like um, he's he's complaining about something that's like minuscule, it's like not even anything, whatever. But like he wanted to talk to me specifically, I got on the phone with him. And then like while the conversation was going on, I literally was just like, Okay, here's how I would have reacted in the past. Here's what he needs to hear. Like I'm just gonna let this guy talk and not say a word. Yeah. Right? Like, so instead of letting emotions get anything, I went super stoic, right? Like, and that's what I think is like a superpower where you're not reacting to anything. You're kind of just like above yourself, looking at the situation and then thinking like, hmm, which way do I want to kind of navigate this, right? So I just kind of let him talk, right? Let him talk. And then like, I got, uh, like, I kind of listened to him for a little bit and then he's kind of doing the whole thing. He's like, are you there? <laughs> right? I'm like, no, I'm like, I wanted to hear all of your complaints. You know, like I wanted to make sure that I addressed everything. And then like, you kind of pick up like personality cues about like what they want to hear, et cetera. So like I went into, you know, um, how it's really hard right now to hire and like, he's an older guy. So it was like, you know, these kids today on their cell phones, they're very hard to train. <laughs> like, you know, cause I'm dealing with like this one particular job is like a lot of like college students, whatever. I'm like, you know, these kids are always on their phone, et cetera, et cetera. Right. And then like by the end of the conversation, he was thanking me and ready to sign up again for next year. Right. Like, and I thought this account was probably lost at this point. Right. Cause like he was upset about some stuff, but like, I literally was able to just like kind of just like float above myself and then instead of just reacting to the situation, think about like, okay, how do I kind of want to navigate this, right? Take ego out of the question. What is in the best interest of the company? What is in the best interest of like what this guy wants to hear? And then kind of react that way. And like I literally felt that way. I hung up with this guy. And then like I said before, it's like it's almost like a superpower. Like you kind of like, wow, like I wonder how many people actually sit back and listen in this day and age. like without reacting just like listening to people and hearing what they actually have to say and like it's 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 a rare skill alone just even listening and not reacting or talking or putting your opinion in something or cutting somebody off or or interjecting with whatever it is whatever point that you're trying to get like that's a skill i think that's lost in general in this day and age too i think in order to speed up the process you have to slow down so Somebody told me this. Oh, I like like that. When somebody told me this when I was interviewing, uh, he's like a mentor, a life mentor to me. I love this guy. Um, And I was going on these interviews, and he's like, all right, I'm going to do the mock interviews, which are always uncomfortable. And like, I'll shine when it's the actual interview. He's like, you're going to do them anyways. We're doing these. So I'm like, all right, let's do it. So he sat down, he asked me a bunch of questions. And as he asked me the questions, I was really quick to answer. He's like, and... He's like, why do you feel like you have to respond the second I stop talking? I'm like, I want to be on the ball. He's like, slow down. He goes, give yourself five seconds. So that way you can kind of dictate which direction you're going to go. And that way you'll put yourself on the right track instead of having to like, like, okay, well, I just, now I put myself in this situation. I have to go down this road now because I did. And I realize I do that pretty often. I oftentimes will wait a few seconds Say, all right, where do I want to go with this? And then answer. And it, it, that little shift is such a game changer, not just in interviews, mm-hmm. just in life in general. Taking a few extra seconds will get you to where you need to get to faster than if you just are super reactive. 
um, like like you just so mentioned. True. So it's, true. Just, it's these little tips that aren't often talked about, and when you learn them, whether it's through experience or through a mentor, that you're just like, ah, this is like a life a life hack right there. One hundred percent. I actually wrote that down. I because I wrote down a question. I said, how do we control our emotions in the moment? Which is it's it's hard. It's not easy mm-hmm. when something's hitting the fan or. You're, you're being dealt cards you don't want to be dealt. And I literally wrote right under that the five-second rule, which is by Mel Robbins. Mm-hmm. I never read the book, but obviously I know the rule. It's like, and there's, there's another rule. I actually learned it from AJ. It's, uh, I forget how it goes. It's like, if it's not going to matter in five years or five minutes or some shit like that, don't mm-hmm. let it last for five seconds or right. however the fuck it goes. Mm-hmm. Something like that. But I agree. If you can apply that five-second rule, maybe 10 seconds, something for me, maybe 20. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Yo, it changes shit. It actually really fucking changes it does. shit. It does. I think they say, too, like, the more comfortable you are around uh, individual, the more comfortable you are being silent around them, too. Mm. Big time. Yeah. Like, if you, if you see, like, you're in a room with strangers, like, it's just constant talking yeah. right because no one's actually comfortable just being silent in front of that person yeah it's kind of crazy that's another factor too is the, the awkward silence like in, in your scenario like you're probably trying to kill at least i was yeah the awkward silence yeah right but then i realized that you know you're setting the tone instead of like yeah. the situation controlling you you're taking control of the situation by having that little period to kind of almost like bring it to your speed so you, you control the tempo by doing that and something else that's powerful is when you hear something that you don't necessarily like or you didn't want to hear it that way um, you can either fight as to why that was what it was like try to change it or just say to yourself this happened what is the best route to go from what I just heard or learned Mm -hmm. because a lot of times as soon as you hear something you don't like you want to fight it you get defensive you want to push back you're like no, like I can change this. Sometimes you can, but it's a lot easier to just, if it, if it is what it is, and then say what is the best, you know, and it goes with the pause, it goes with the reset, mm-hmm. but it also goes with just making the best of what you have in front of you and access to. And um, just one other thing I didn't mention before, I just realized it was uh, one of the biggest things for me that's, that helps me when I do it, and I forget to do it a lot of times, is I have this thing where, like, you know when you go to like Dropbox, like cloud storage or Google or any of the stuff, and you have a certain amount of, you know, megabytes or gigabytes in your brain, like, I mean, uh, wow, I just messed it up, but, you know, <laughs> but on the, um, on the platform, well, I relate that to my brain. Like, let's just say I have a certain amount of gigabytes in my brain, and what I should be doing is not taking up all the storage in my brain, with all this like useless stuff that I'm making it, I'm putting off till later. Like I'm just, I'm just putting it there and it's sitting on my hard drive and my cloud storage for later, for later, for later. That kills me and that slows my, you know, process down. That slows, uh, that slows how fast I'm getting somewhere. So if I just get it off my brain, I relieve my brain space by talking with someone, female, male, anyone, just literally talking about it. Mm-hmm. Um, now I can perform so much better because I, I have too much on my brain that simultaneously I always feel like shit isn't you know the way it needs to be because there's too much going off in too many different directions. So when you're navigating your emotions, what I'm getting at is speak it. Mm-hmm. Have the conversation with the right people or with anyone. 
get it off your chest because it sitting on your brain is, is yeah. messing you up in more ways than one. I think that brings us full circle too to what we were kind of how we opened this episode. Mm -hmm. You know, like I remember when we were on that run and uh, we were actually walking back to your place, Drew. I, I, I said it to you, you said it to me, I forgot. But ultimately having a person in place that is judgment free, no attachments to anything, um, you know, having someone with a relationship built nonetheless, mm -hmm. we were referring to therapy at that point, like having that person to speak to, vent to, whatever, being able to process in that way is like insanely powerful. Right. So, I, you know, you and I are, are um, big uh, proponents of therapy. And I think having a relationship with my therapist and having this um, thing pop up with my father, um, it was nice to have that relationship built already, her understanding my relationship to my father, to the rest of my family, to everybody, so that I could talk to her about it. And the relationship and her understanding of it was already built in and I, was, I had this amazing tool that was there for me to do exactly what Phil was just talking about, which is I kind of brain dump it on somebody who completely understands the relationship, the dynamic, everything. It would be a lot more difficult, and I think this is what we were talking about, if I were now dealing with this problem, not having that relationship with my therapist who understands all this stuff and now giving and now expressing, trying to express my emotions without somebody having that relationship open. So it was kind of a blessing that I've had this relationship and now I'm able to step into it and talk to somebody who can understand the complete dynamics of it, which is, exactly. which is huge for me. Um, can that be done with somebody else, right? In terms of like a friend or a family member who understands the dynamics? Sure. I think that even goes into what Phil was talking about before, which is some type of brain dump. No matter what it is, journaling, talking to somebody, there's so much shit that goes on in our brains. There's so much garbage that, that bounces around. Um, you know, whether that's, you know, we talk about like even the voice of knowledge or, um, you know, we go back to um, all the junk that's kind of bounced around and the inner voice that's in us that's sometimes speaking to us, sometimes not. We control it, we don't control it, right? Um, I think there's gotta be some form of release. And once there's some type of release, again, whether that's journaling, meditation, float tanks, therapy, um, I think it helps us react better to emotions once we get a lot of that stuff out. Yeah. But for me, you know, speaking, a therapy is, is definitely very important for me. Yeah, no, I resonate with that. Any last points to hit on in this on this particular topic that we might not have covered already? We can go Joe Rogan here and talk all fucking night. I got more beer. In the <laughs> <laughs> We're definitely gonna need more beer. <laughs> um, I could touch on something that can be applied to really any conversation, but it can definitely be applied to this one as well. Go ahead. Yeah, I will. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> I just got as. The fellows in this room know. I just got back from a trip. I knew it was yeah, going yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Greece. Yeah. 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 I just got back from Greece and not be asked. It was rude of you to not ask. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, let, let me throw this out there. We could have been talking about fucking anything. This topic could have been anything. Anything. We could have been talking about fucking right. how to fill a cup. <laughs> this would have came up. Yeah. 100%. So I'm glad we brought it up. I'm, brought it up. I'm looking but. at his notes now. It says, when Matt says, does anyone have anything else to add? And then it just says, Greece in giant letters. Greece. <laughs> well, now we're talking about Greece. Let's talk about Greece. So, as you guys know, I just got back 
from Greece. <laughs> we didn't know. <laughs> this was, you know, on on the podcast in the past, I've talked about we've talked about life altering journeys, trips. I've talked about my experience in Thailand. I've been to Greece. This was my 15th time. It's always a good time. It's never not a great time. Wow. Right? It's always great. This time in particular was extra special. I usually go to the same spots time and time again. Nothing wrong with it, always a good time. This time was a bit different. So I went to an island called Ikaria. Ikaria is one of the five blue zones. And what a five a blue zone is uh, one of the five regions on the planet with the most centennials, which means people that live to 100 and beyond. And there's, you know, there's some differentiators there. Like why in this region are people living longer and happier? And they've done many studies, they've written books, there's been articles, podcasts, documentaries, the works. So I've always wanted to go there and I never had the opportunity. Well, this year I was fortunate enough to go with a group of nine people who we went there, everyone's interested and we said, hey, let's check it out. And this was a totally different experience because I've, there's 231 Greek islands, but there's only one island like this place. There's nothing else quite like it. Um, they are known for um, just a bunch of different things, um, but one day we went to, and we had dinner, and it was on this vineyard, and this place, honestly, like, one of the most special places I've ever been in my entire life. Went on this vineyard, it's family owned, operated and run, and it's been in their family for, I think he said four or five generations. Giant vineyards, giant trees, people get this little villas there where you can stay, and every time you eat, if you so choose to eat there, and why wouldn't you, it's a home-cooked meal, and they have the whole family there. He has his sons, daughters, wife, relatives, they're all there, and the point of it is they wanna have dinner together, and they wanna cook the dinner for you, feel free to help, you're encouraged to help. Um, and they want you to be a part of the process. And it's things like that that make any experience so special is doing things together. And I think sometimes in our culture here, we get lost in you know individualism and independence, which are all great, but I think sometimes we lose that sense of community here, which is a big issue, especially in like New York City, where I don't even know who the hell my neighbor is, two houses down, I have no clue. Mm-hmm. I don't know their name. I think we've waved hello a couple times. So we're at this uh, dinner, and the guy at the head of the table, uh, who, who runs the place, he's sat at the head of the table, and this guy's like the guru. And he's like, feel free to ask me anything and everything you want. Sits at the head, had a really stimulating conversation, talked about a whole number of things, um, which I could get into, but what I want to get into right now is his wife, who's so charismatic and cool, full of life, sits down at the table and says, I know my husband's been talking for hours on end, but she's like, I kind of want to share something with you guys. I'm like, oh, please do. And she's like, I want to share with you, I've been thinking about it lately, I want to share with you the six rules to live by in Ikaria. And I'm not kidding you. I busted out my phone and I was like, I'm going to come up with something. I was like, I want to share it with you guys. And I wanted to share it on the podcast because really cool. you, you get a tidbit of information that's gold. I'm like, I want to share it. You know, I want to yeah. share it with my friends. I want to share it with the audience. I want to share it with whoever wants to listen. So she said, these are the six rules to live by. And this was in her opinion, opinion why they have a higher life expectancy than others. And here are the six rules. Rule number one, and she said, she put this one at the top. She goes, one of the biggest things is like any idea, 
it's kind of known that we look forward, we don't look backwards. Mm. Mm. They don't have, no one wears a watch there. And if you wear a watch, it ain't the, it ain't the right time. Except for twice a day. <laughs> <laughs> it ain't the right time. How'd you know what time bro, to go for dinner? Bro, <laughs> <laughs> wild yeah <laughs> we're late but like, everyone's late to everything there when you get uh served food like we waited there was no one with this one other restaurant it took half hour to get our food there was no one else there they had no yeah. no one's in a rush but also there's no stress it's an extreme example but it's how they live so one thing she said is like we do not live in the past so it's one thing in the island of Icaria that everyone can agree on no matter if you came to our house to have dinner or anyone's house Everyone will agree with you. We do not live in the past. We stay present and we look forward. We forward march. We don't march backwards. I love that. That was the first one that she put at the top. Mm -hmm. So that's heavy. Think about that. Of all the things she said, that was the first one. The second one, she said, keep good people around you. Your community is key. Mm -hmm. And that means a lot because they have dinner together as a community. When they get together, they have coffee. They have... Mm -hmm. meals they all hang out together and they vent to one another so they don't have traditional therapists mm -hmm. but the therapy is the quote unquote the hood the village the people that are just like I can come together kind of like we're doing now openly speak and if you need something like this right you need whether it's therapists or whether it's a group of friends or anything we alluded to earlier you gotta have a place where you can come to Phil talked about it earlier data dump you gotta get out there and just let it all out you have to or it'll eat you alive and because they don't let things fester and they release they have a very clean conscious mm -hmm. that was two three she said the greek word beastie beastie means faith she goes you have to have faith she goes i don't care if you want to call it god jesus buddha she's like higher power doesn't matter you have to believe in something that's higher than yourself or else you'll start questioning things in this world and you will not like uh, I forget how she phrased it but basically she's like if you don't think of something that's higher than you beyond you in just this lifetime she's like you'll you'll start to view the world differently in a more cynical way that was three four was to keep your family close by now whether that's in location doesn't mean distance or proximity but really like keeping in touch mm -hmm. staying in touch with your family they're a very tight-knit family unit uh, the whole family's there except for their son who lives in Baltimore, but they talk to him, you know, every couple of days. They're always in constant communication. They FaceTime. They stay in touch. So you don't have to, you know, live in the same town as your family, mm -hmm. but keep them close by. A big thing that was five is they have daily exercise. And I'm not even talking like lifting heavy weights, but every morning and he's stressed. They're all fucking jacked. Yeah. <laughs> jacked. But every morning, they say after their breakfast, they go on a long walk every single morning. They walk, they do lift things, think they're doing work in the field, in the sure, yards, that's yeah. their exercise. And for that reason, they're in great shape. And that's important, especially because it boosts your metabolism in the morning too. And everyone on the island, everyone is thin. I didn't see one overweight person there. I mean, you said you lost weight. I lost and weight. And you ate a lot. Right. I ate nonstop. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And the sixth and final one, number six, was focus in and narrow in on happiness. Now the Icarians, in general, are renowned for yeah healthy living, but no one parties harder than they do. And I love that. Because I'm like, all right, we have all these rules of do this, do that. But you know what? They let loose, they let their hair down, and no one has better parties they, than they do. It's, it's, they have the wildest parties there are. They dance their asses off. 
and they have a fun, unique dance that they do where everyone comes together and they, you know, instead of going to the bar, they all hang out, they dance in this big circle. They do this, that, they do this giant dance and they're big on their culture is dancing. They, I, we talked about the food that they eat and all that, but also another thing too is they drink. Like they don't drink, you know. Well, I assume that when you said they party. Oh, they party. <laughs> <laughs> I think they go hand in hand. No? Cheers to that. Yeah. Cheers to that. They, they, they drink. And at dinner, I was kind of, not this guy in particular, but other people we saw, really old people, I was just kind of like observing. I'm like, yo, okay, they're having a glass of wine with dinner. Two glasses of wine, three glasses of wine. Waiter, bring us another. Yeah. Like, they didn't stop. But you know what? When you have everything else in check, and that's kind of your little like your little buzz and escape, and it just adds to like the overall atmosphere. That adds to the overall happiness. Yeah. So those were her six principles and rules to live by. I just wanted to share that with you guys and, and the audience that's listening. And I thought that was pretty cool to hear from someone that uh, she said her mom was. I think she said her mom was a hundred, lived to one hundred and ten or one hundred eleven wow. years old. God bless. So, that's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, so I just want to share that with the audience. Yeah. I appreciate it, man. I, I'm I'm glad we're ending this episode on that note. I mm-hmm. think that's that's <laughs> it's so hard. That's great shit. That's great stuff. <laughs> Gentlemen, episode two hundred and one. Yes. Hey, congratulations. Oh, thank you guys for being a part of it. Thank you guys for being a part of it. Definitely grateful for that. Um, awesome stuff as always I'm going to make sure all of your contact info is in the show notes as we always do Um, listen if anyone out there wants us to ask or answer questions or talk about a specific topic like feel free to reach out to us we've been putting it out there on social just to make this feel more inclusive as always we are a community you already know that so um, if there's anything you want us to talk about, dissect, decode, etc., let us know. We would love to do that. Drew, appreciate you, brother. Thank you again for Pleasure, being man. here. Thank you Good for being vulnerable. And yeah. thank you, as always, for um, your... Tales of Greece. <laughs> your tales of Greece. <laughs> 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 thank you. Anytime. Until next time, everyone. Be blessed. Peace.